There we go. I was just so you couldn't see me pulling faces whilst I did it. Good morning and lovely to see you. For those of you who haven't met me yet, my name's Jo. And if I haven't met you yet, I would love to say hello after the service. Nigel and I lead the team here with a group of fantastic people. And we're so glad you've joined us for our all-age service today. And today we're starting a new series based on the theme of Churches That Heal. Buzz, if you could pop the first slide up, please. Or Changes That Heal. We're going to have to be really careful about how we talk about this because for a while we did call these series Churches That Heal and we've changed the name, so excuse the occasional slip up of the tongue. And today as we think about this, we're thinking about a man from the Bible whose name is David. Now, has anybody heard of David in the Bible before? Hands up if you have. One? Oh, loads of people have. Okay. So what can you tell me about him? Can you shout out one thing at a time? Well, sit your hands up and I'll point to you and tell me something you know about David. You've heard of him, so what do you know about him? Yes. His name is David. Good start. We're all starting on the right place. Brilliant. Anything else we know? He was in the Bible. Yes, we've got that one. Anything else? He was a musician, thank you. And in fact, he was a songwriter, wasn't he? He wrote the Psalms, yep. He defeated Goliath. That's a famous story that lots of people know. He, he killed the dragon. Yes, Katie. He was the dragon. <laughs> thank you for listening. He killed Goliath the giant. Giant, not a dragon. Right, should we start again? Dear Lord, <laughs> please help us today, especially me. Amen. Katie. He was a shepherd, thank you. Anything else? Yeah, Jim. He was a king, became a king. Yeah, great. Gosh, we know loads about him. Trish. A man after God's own heart. That's one of the famous little phrases that's used about him, isn't it? Anything else? We know quite a lot about him, don't we? Any other top facts? Yes, Linda. He He was a murderer. That's something we don't like to talk about too much, but it's absolutely true as well. Anything else? Yeah. He was an ancestor of Jesus. Wow, you guys know so much about David. Any more facts that we want to throw out this morning or will that do us for now? Yeah. Is that true? Apparently, he was actually the 33rd ancestor of Jesus. I didn't know that was the case, but I don't doubt you. Well done. Someone's done their counting up. And so we know loads of information about him. And here we're just going to watch a really short video which gives a a little summary of part of his life. So watch the screen now. Slapstick Theatre, David and Jonathan. This is Jonathan. Hey! Who was the son of King Saul and a warrior in Israel's army. This is David. Hey! Who would later become the king of Israel. After David defeated a great giant, he was brought before King Saul and he met Jonathan. They immediately became friends. Yeah! And Jonathan made a pact with David and showed him that by giving David his robe and weapons. Oh, hang on. From that time on, David was successful in all he did. And King Saul became jealous of David and very angry. Saul wanted his servants and Jonathan to get rid of David, but because Jonathan loved his friend David, he warned David of what his father was planning. Jonathan went to his father, King Saul, and talked him out of harming David. For a time, David was safe from King Saul's plans. 
But not long after, the king's jealousy and anger came back, and he tried to kill David. Whoa! David got away, and his friend Jonathan came to help him. Hang on, eh? Jonathan tried again to talk his father out of hurting David. No. But now King Saul was convinced he needed David to be gone. Jonathan was angry and sad that his father would not let his friend go. <sighs> and he knew that David would have to go into hiding and run from King Saul. Jonathan met David one last time, and the two cried and said their goodbyes. <laughs> Jonathan told David to go in peace, and that they had a special bond in God's name. Then David left and lived a life on the run from King Saul, and Jonathan returned to the town. Even though they were separated, the two were the best of friends and were an encouragement to one another. Yeah! So we know a lot about David already, and today we're going to think about a special friendship he had with this guy called Jonathan. Can you pop the second slide up, please? That would be great, Becky. And here's a picture. It's not the picture of them, is it? It's a cartoon picture of what they might have looked like. And this story is a really long, involved story. Find it in the Bible in 1 Samuel, from chapter 18 all the way to 2 Samuel, chapter 1. So we're not going to read it all today. But if you haven't read it, if you don't know it, I really recommend that when you get home, you do have a look at it in the Bible, because it's a great story. So David and Jonathan had an amazing friendship. And the reason we're talking about them now at the start of our Changes at Heal series is because they remind us of two important things. The first is the importance and the benefits of godly friendships. And the second is the importance of making choices about how we live. And we'll see those a little bit as the story unfolds. One of the things that probably all of us grown-ups know, don't we, is that the people we are now is shaped by our past experience. That might be our family relationships, the key people who've been in our lives, the things we've done, the ways we've been treated. Different things happen in the past that affect how we are in the present. And those can be positive things, and sometimes those can be negative things. Have you ever heard that phrase, like father, like son? Yeah? Or like mother, like daughter? And I wonder if, in a minute, you might like just to turn to people around you, maybe on your table, or if you're watching at home, great to see you, and why don't you chat to somebody who is with you? And think about, are there any characteristics that kind of run in your family? So for me, one of the things is that people in my family have often had jobs helping people. So my granddad, and my nana used to run a nursing home. They used to look after and help a lot of old people. And then my mum was a doctor, a GP, and she used to help a lot of people. And I've got a job now where I get to the chance to help people too. So that's something that's a good thing that happens in our family. So how about you and the families that you've come from or the experiences you've had? Do you know any characteristics that you can see that are kind of coming down from one generation to another? Have a little chat around your table.
anybody, does anybody want to share any characteristics that they've had passed down in their family? Is anyone a chatterbox like their great uncle Bob? Right, just be quiet a minute now. Why don't you tell us? <laughs> You're all. Is that me? So why don't anyone like to tell us any characteristics that you see passed down in your family? <laughs> it's hard. There are um, inflatable guitars hanging up, and it's hard to see with those are hands. Yeah, what's common in your family? Sorry, I had to shout a bit louder. Everyone's a bit crazy. Great. Any, any other characteristics? Say that again. Uncoordinated, yes, okay, different ca characteristics passed down. Anything else? Yeah? A love of football, was that? Yeah, fantastic. So there can be really good things that are passed down in our family, and sometimes there can be negative characteristics that are passed down in our family too. And this new series is going to show us how in the context of good friendships, good relationships like David and Jonathan, and also as we look at the past and deal with that with Jesus, then we can make a change in the present. So when we choose to follow Jesus, we become a part of a new family. And we have to understand whether things that we've learned from the past have had an impact on us and are not based on the truth of what God says about us. And he helps us to change things and move forward. And so the last slide for now will be the one of Henry Cloud. Can you pop up number seven, please? Henry Cloud is the guy who's written this course changes that heal, and he shows us how we can break free from unhealthy generational patterns, how we can understand and reject the negative voices from the past and see the present more realistically and choose new ways of living. And we're going to be digging into that a little bit deeper. So we are going back to the story that we started earlier on, the story about Jonathan and David. See their little picture on the screen again? And do you remember what we said? We're looking today at the importance and benefits of having good, godly friendships and also the choices that we can make, how we can change the effects of the past and live differently in the future. So David and Jonathan were really different. From what we read in the Bible, it sounds like David was much younger than Jonathan. We've actually got a little slide here that shows the difference between them where they grew up. So Jonathan grew up in the palace. David grew up just in Bethlehem. Jonathan was a warrior. He was trained even before we hear about Goliath, who wasn't a dragon, but Goliath, who was a giant who was slain. Jonathan had been really busy fighting. That was his job. And yet, as we heard earlier, David was trained as a shepherd. Jonathan was the firstborn in the family. We've got any firstborn people here? Anyone who's first in your family? Yeah, we all know about firstborn people, don't we? That's you. Whereas David came eighth. He was right down the bottom of the pecking order. Anybody the youngest in their family? Yeah. And so completely different in their family placements. And Jonathan was actually the next in line to the throne. So his dad, Saul, was the king. He was on the throne. Jonathan was coming up next. But as we found out from earlier on, David had been anointed king. David was chosen to be king by God. And that's where the plot kind of thickened a bit later. So they were very different, these two guys. But they also had some really important things in common. They both ended up being warriors. They were fighters. 
They were both men full of faith who served God. We can see that in 1 Samuel 14 and 17 about how they reacted when they went into battle. They both had God-given courage and strength when they needed it. And actually, they both needed each other for different reasons. They became firm friends. Even though they were so very different, they had enough core things in common to become really great friends. Why don't you spend just a minute thinking about your friends? Thinking about the friends that you've got who are really like you, and then the friends that you've got who are not really like you. Why don't you chat around your table? Who do you know who is really like you? And who's a good friend who's quite different? And so it's great, isn't it? It's great to have a variety of different friends. Why don't you bring your your chat to a close now? It's really great to have friends who are like us that we could maybe go to the football with or do similar things with. But actually, it can be interesting to have friends who are different to us as well, can't it? Friends who can show us a different perspective or help us see something different. isn't there in the kind of friends that we can have as you know when we started the pandemic I joined Facebook for the first time and I started off with hardly any friends and now I have more friends on Facebook but of those friends lots of them I wouldn't really say they were friends would you they're all people that I know and I've got some connection with but they're not all the people that I would go to if I was really in trouble or I really needed help There's a difference between those friends who you want to share your innermost secrets with and those people who are just kind of acquaintances and around you. And David and Jonathan had the privilege of this really special friendship of being people who could share everything with each other, who went through thick and thin together. And as I thought about their friendship, I was struck by four different things. First is that friendship, real friendship, is a gift from God. The second is that friends help us stay strong in God. Then friends can see what God is doing in us even when we can't. And friends love us deeply and sacrificially. And so that first thought that friendship is a gift from God. I came across a really interesting quote written by the author C.S. Lewis. You might have heard of him. He wrote the Narnia books and lots of other stuff as well. And this is what he says in his book, The Four Loves. In friendship, we think that we've chosen our peers. In reality, a few years difference in the dates of our births, a few more miles between certain houses, the choice of one university or another, any of these chances might have kept us apart. But for a Christian, 
There are, strictly speaking, no chances. A secret master of ceremonies has been at work. Christ, who said to the disciples, you've not chosen me, but I've chosen you, can truly say to every group of Christian friends, you've not chosen one another, but I have chosen you for one another. The friendship is not a reward for our discriminating and good taste in finding one another out. It's the instrument by which God reveals to each of us the beauties of others. Isn't that a lovely thing to think about? That actually, the Bible does tell us that God places us in places places us in places and gives us places to live and he actually puts us in the same time and space as other people that it's not random that we're all here but what if God was the one who's chosen people for you to get to know to be friends with and not just so you've got a great friend that but also so that you can be a great friend to somebody else so godly friendship really is a gift from God um, one of my really good godly friends is a lady called Rosie and we've known each other for over 30 years. And we met when we were at university together. On the first day of uni, we were in halls of residence. And my mum and dad left. I was a bit kind of emotional. And we were unpacking our boxes. And I had my back to the door. And I was unpacking bits and bobs. And this lady walked past, an older lady. And she looked in to me. And she said to her daughter, who's now my friend Rosie, she's got a nice bottom. Right? She'll be a good friend. And so our friendship was based on the fact that I fortunately, 30 years ago, had a nice bottom. <laughs> but Rosie got to know me, we got to be friends together, and we've been through a lot together. We've been through thick and thin, we had children around the same time, we worked together for a season, and although I don't see her all the time now, we are still really good friends. That, for me, was a gift of a friendship at a time when I needed one. Maybe you're in a season now where you really need the gift of a friend. If that is you, why don't you just in this moment, why don't we pause and just ask God for the gift of a friend if that's what you need. So Lord, I want to thank you for friends. Thank you that they're a gift from you. And for those of us who need friends right now, we do ask for that gift that we will be able to be good and godly friends and that you will give us good and godly friends. Amen. And you know, as we carry on this morning, perhaps the Lord will just drop somebody's name in your mind. Someone he's going to suggest that you get in touch with, that you arrange a coffee with. Someone, not you have to go up to them and say, right, can I be your best friend for 30 years? But maybe if you're missing a connection at the moment, he's going to highlight somebody to you who you could just try out and see whether there's a connection there. I shouldn't say this because the camera's on, but perhaps you should check whether they've got a nice bottom or not. I didn't say that. Delete that from the tape. So friends are a gift from God. Friends help us stay strong in God. In this story, with all the twists and turns, David was really going through it. He was in a hugely stressful situation. There were ups and downs. He was honestly being hunted. It says in 1 Samuel 23, 14, that Saul was hunting him day after day. He went to um, stay in a town and he had to escape from the town and just go and live in the wilderness. He had to keep moving around to get away. He was in danger for his life. And yet the Bible tells us that Jonathan went to David at a place called Horesh and encouraged him to stay strong in God or to find strength in God. And I don't know about you, but I certainly need friends like that. 
We all feel like we're flagging sometimes, don't we? We all feel like we're running a bit low on energy. Perhaps we've got doubt. Perhaps we've got prayers that we've been praying that we haven't seen answered. Perhaps there's crisis going on or stress in our life. And in those situations, it can be easy to think, oh, I can't be bothered with this anymore. I'm just going to give up. It's just too hard. And yet godly friends are those people who encourage us to stay strong in God. It might be they send us a text, or they pray for us, or they remind us about the bigger picture. And so today, as you're thinking, perhaps you might think of somebody you know, one of your friends, who could do with some of that help and encouragement today. Why don't you be like a Jonathan today and strengthen somebody in God? The next thing that I saw in this story about friends is that friends can often see what God is doing in us, even when we can't. And this is where I was really struck by the character of Jonathan. You know, we go on to hear about David a lot, don't we? He's a super famous guy. Everybody thinks about him, ancestor of Jesus, as we've heard. And yet, rightly, Jonathan should have been on the throne. Jonathan should have been one, the one getting the top job. And it could have been very easy for him to choose not to respond in the way he did. If he'd responded like father, like son, if he'd been like his dad, he would have been threatened, he would have been angry, he would have been aggressive, he would have gone after David. And yet he chose not to live in the way that he had been grown up, in the way that would have been expected by his family, but he chose to see what God was doing in that situation. In 1 Samuel 23, 17, this is what he says. Don't be afraid, he said to David when he was in this really stressful place. My father Saul will not lay a hand on you. You will be king over Israel and I will be second to you. Even my father Saul knows this. So Jonathan knew there was a bigger picture going on. He knew that although he was in line for the throne, actually the person who'd been chosen to be the king by God was David. And Jonathan wasn't going to fight that. He wasn't even just going to go, oh, well, it's not me, and just go off in a grump. He was there to support him and encourage him every step of the way. What a friend. And the last thing that I thought about when I was thinking about friends is that friends love us deeply and sacrificially. In one of the translations of the Bible, there is a really, really lovely phrase. It calls David and Jonathan soul friends. And I thought, isn't that just such a lovely description? They're people who go through everything together. They're there to support and encourage one another. And in 1 Samuel 18, it says this, by the time David had finished reporting to Saul, Jonathan was deeply impressed by David. An immediate bond was forged between them. He became totally committed to David. And from that point on, he would be David's number one advocate and friend. Another translation you might have heard is where Jonathan says that, sorry, the Bible says Jonathan became one spirit with David and loved him as himself. And so there was no sense there of competition, no sense of fighting against one another. But they actually made a covenant, a special relationship of a connection between themselves and they promised that they would be friends for a long time 
and that they continue to look after each other's families too, that their families would be friends. And in fact, that's what happened. So after Jonathan died, his son Mephibosheth went and lived in the palace with David and he continued to look after him. So there are four things that I noticed about friendship from this story. Friendship is a gift from God. Real friends help us stay strong in God. Friends can often see what God is doing in our lives even when we can't. And friends love us deeply and sacrificially even when it doesn't look like it's going to help them so much. And so as we think about friends now, there's one other verse that that reminds me of and it's something that Jesus said and that was in John chapter 15 verse 13. He talked about how we should love one another and he said, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. So there in the Old Testament, we see a little bit of a picture of really close, good, godly soul friendship, which is something that in the New Testament, Jesus came to fulfill, to be that friend who sticks closer than a brother, that friend who's with us all the time, that friend who shows us how to live. So whilst you just carry on finishing your different bits of craft, there's one little video to watch, which is a kind of sum up of the story that we were watching this morning. <laughs> 